Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Welcome to Lead Time. This is Tim Allman with Jacob Bessling. We are pumped that you are here. Today we get to interact with Tim McClellan, a dear friend of mine. You're going to get to hear his story of athletic development. He is a trainer, has been uh, an incredible leader within our church and school. And today we're talking about a little bit about that athletic mentality. What does it look like for you to develop grit as a leader? Now, you don't have to have played competitive sports, team sports, though I think there are numerous things we can learn there. But on a team, I love to find those who have an athletic mentality. And here are the three main indicators for me if someone has an athletic mentality. They love working on team. They're not a lone ranger. If something good, productive is going to get done, they got to do it together with others. They take critique well. How many of you like to be? I got a word of critique for you. Are you ready to receive? No one really likes that. But if you're an athlete, it's constantly evaluating where you're weak and for the sake of the team, trying to get strong. And then the last point is this. They know how to lose because life is often defined by our failures. But are you going to stay down? Are you going to get back up and get back after it again with, with your team who's encouraging you? So I'm so pumped up for today, juiced for Jesus. We get a chat with one of my good friends, uh, Tim, Tim McClellan. Let me tell you a little bit about Tim. Tim, before I do that, you gave me your whole resume here. Tell us what all of these, like MS and then CSCS, Give us a little bit of understanding of your resume. This is crazy. I'm striving for legitimacy by putting a lot of letters <laughs> behind my last name. You don't you need got that, it, but, man. Uh, educate us. Okay. I have a master's degree uh, that I earned from Arizona State University. I uh, got certified as a strength and conditioning specialist, as a corrective exercise specialist, as a certified sports hypnotist. That's awesome. Um, you care not just about what I value about you. is You don't care just about the body but you care about the mind and how the mind leads uh, the body to maximum performance. Tim has distinguished himself worldwide during the past three decades as an innovator in the performance enhancement field. Among those he coached are more than 200 NFL players. Get ready for this. 14 Olympic gold medalists, more than a dozen NCAA individual champions, nine NCAA team champions, more than 200 NCAA All-Americans and national champions in 17. A lot of times people have specialized areas, specialized niches that they coach in and uh, lead toward maximum performance. In 17 different sports, Tim has been a trainer wow. for. Tim also coached at Arizona State University for 13 years. Um, in what capacity was that, brother? Strength and conditioning coach. And he's worked with the U.S. Olympic wrestling team, the world champion USA powerlifting team, and the Boston Bruins. Throw in some hockey there. He was honored by the National Strength and Conditioning Association as a recipient of the President's Award. A multiple national champion himself in karate do, Tim holds black belt ranks in five different martial arts. Wow. He has written numerous books, magazine articles, and produced a variety of instructional videos. And Tim, I think I just burned around 500 calories through osmosis by simply reading your bio. Pretty legit, brother. Thanks for joining us, Tim McClellan. Tim, you're, you, yeah, you're a great writer as well. I've read some of your stuff. I just uh, All of your experiences and capstoning upon that to share it uh, with people of, of really life uh, change and transformation of body, mind, spirit, and soul. Um, I, I know if I look back on my life when I was a kid and I had opportunities in church, 
to develop uh, the opportunity to speak in public, to read the Bible in public, to do children's messages. It really helped foster a love to share the good news about Jesus in public. And so now I'm a preacher. For you, though, how did you develop your love for physical fitness? We just heard this long resume of how many athletes do you think you've trained? I mean, I, I think if you count up over the last 40 years the number of athletes I've prepared for seasons, it's probably somewhere around 12,000. Wow. Guess. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. That's amazing. All these lives affected. How did that de- that development of the love for physical fitness and for training these 12,000 athletes, um, how did that start? And then how have you begun to reach that maximum potential now? I had a blessing bestowed upon me in high school, and the, the blessing's name was Tom Flipovitz. He was my football strength and conditioning coach and position coach in high school. And he set up crazy high expectations for us and kept on us until we met those expectations. And the process didn't end up in a result of us getting stronger and faster. It became a real transformational process that changed our lives. And it was such a good process for me and helping me grow at a time when I needed it that I wanted to share that with others. Yeah, it's crazy how those pivotal moments when you're young, I think we can all think about someone in high school or junior high that believed in us, saw potential in us, and pushed us, uh, shaped and molded us. If you're at a place right now, leader, where you're just like, I'm punching the nine to five, and then I'm constantly on social media, I'm going home, and all I care about, for me, confession right now is the Rockies trying to get to the World Series, and I'm just wasting time. Close race. Exactly. I'm wasting time, though, doing things that are just for me rather than giving my life away on behalf of others. Go and invest in young people. Go and care for those who whose minds and hearts and habits are being molded and shaped. You know what I'm saying? Not that we don't care for everybody, but if you're in a rut, if you're kind of down in the dumps and depressed in spirit, there is so much value that can be learned in investing in the next generation. And that's what you're doing in powerful ways. I mean, ways. it's just yeah. crazy that that one conversation with shaped. that one student, yeah. that one high that's school right. kid um, – that, that it's at that pivotal moment could change the trajectory of their life. So who do you need to have that conversation with today? That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, exactly. And Tim, you are a man of faith. You're a Jesus follower. A lot of times, though, it's one thing to say, you know, we have faith in God, uh, but then we're called to transfer that faith, that belief in other people. So answer this question. What role does faith play as you train Train athletes. Faith is everything. An athlete that does not have faith in a training program or the coach or the people that are guiding them, leading them, trying to help them get to the thing that's most important in their life, in their mind at that stage of their life, it's just critical Mm -hmm. that they have faith. And the coach has to do such a good job with the athlete that he has faith in the athlete. And above all, a coach has to teach, especially in this day and age, they have to teach the athletes to have faith in them their skills and their training. That's it, right. It's faith is everything. Excellent. Uh, I was thinking back to seventh grade. I was I love baseball, and and I was uh, I started to you know have these hormones and girls, and so I wanted to quit playing baseball, and I and I quit mm-hmm. one day. But my parents and my coach pursued me, and they talked me out of it, and I went back into it. But it helped develop a little bit of perspective and and focus and grit on what's really important. And then there was other times I had tore my ACL in high school and uh, had to battle back uh, through football and baseball seasons and all of that. But there's times in life where you just want to give up. And in in today's society, a lot of parents just let kids give up. Hmm. They kind of let them just kind of go away. They're actually fearful of their kids failing. So um, how you're you're a man of grit and resilience. Um, How have you developed that 
um, over the long haul? How do you how does someone develop grit, resilience? So how do you develop that in yourself, and then you pass that on to other athletes? What what it actually it goes the opposite way for me. One of the things that's been a real blessing for my career is. I talk every day about discipline, about making the right choices, uh, going above and beyond. You know, as uh, Jesus said in the Bible, if I have to go a mile, go a second mile. Mm. You know, I I talk about those kind of things every day. So I have to hear it every day. (laughs) And that helps me to try to walk that road a little bit better, perhaps, than others that aren't saying it every day and hearing it every day. So what you say and as you're preaching it, you know, as you're talking it uh, to uh, the ones that you're developing, you're just hearing that for yourself as well. So what you need to hear is what you're telling them. Well, and leaders need to lead from the front, not yep. from not from behind. So We had I, Jack Caliber on our show. He said the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What role, Tim, let, let's shift gears here a little bit. It's good to believe in our team and um, to cast vision for kids' lives of what they could do. But unless the body is functioning in maximum capacity, our potential to bless, to live, to use our gifts is drastically decreased. And we live in a day and age, you know this, where our healthy habits are continually being compromised to the God of convenience and uh, giving giving way to a fast-paced lifestyle that often does not lead us to make the most healthy choices. That's right. Sorry, I mean a cheeseburger. (laughs) What role, buddy, does diet and exercise play in developing grit and resilience for a business or church leader? Well, to me, leadership is leadership. There's no difference if you're leading a congregation, a Mm -hmm. business, or a world-class athlete. And what leadership essentially is, according to John Maxwell, is influence. Um, Now, good leadership is providing a positive outcome that otherwise would not have happened. How do we provide the best outcome for those we are asked to lead, Christ's children, if we're not doing the best that we can um, and we're not healthy and leading them to the best of our ability? I think it's a two-way street. We ask a lot of those we lead, but we need to also travel down the street and provide a lot. So your diet is pretty crazy. You say when you go on... Healthy. It is crazy healthy. That's what I meant. And uh, t- talk to us about just some simple steps when it comes to diet and nutrition that the everyday person that's listening to this, if they were to start just one or two like really simple first steps for someone looking to improve their diet and nutrition, what would you say to them? Well, the, the greatest love supposedly we can experience on earth is from a parent to a sibling. Our father gave us the foods he wanted us to eat. We should be eating those foods, not the ones that we're making ourselves. I think the problem we're getting into um, in nutrition is we have foods that are made by God and we have foods that are made by man. And man is trying to play God by creating foods. And what we're creating is not as good as what God's created for us. And if we could just limit ourselves to fresh fruits and vegetables and you know the fish and chicken and lean non-hormone fed animals and sources... Uh, we would have a healthier society than eating things that are man-made. So for someone to get healthy, I mean, a lot of times we look immediately to physical fitness, but what percentage of like moving people to a healthy lifestyle that does diet play? If you're just going to say, you know, one to 100%, uh, what percentage of, of return on investment, let's say of time, would a healthy diet provide for someone looking to change and, and bring out their leadership potential? Well, if you want to function as an elite machine, which is, is my objective, I want to function as an elite leader, I liken it to the, the race car analogy where the Indianapolis race car gets the best of tires, it gets the best of fuel, it gets the best of mechanics. It doesn't stop at the local Circle K to gas up. 
But we're asking our bodies, we all want to be elite leaders, but then we're stopping at the local Circle mm. K to gas up. That kind of doesn't make sense. Doesn't make any sense. Elite machine, I love it. And also the point that, I mean, we're both parents of, of three kids, busy lives, mid-30s, a lot going on, scheduling everything, um, busy, busy, busy. you got to schedule that time to go buy the right foods, you know, plan ahead to get the right stuff so you're not stopping at the, the QT um, or the fast food joint. Uh, so plan ahead with your dieting and your, your exercise and your food and make that a part of your rhythm, uh, not just coming to work and saying, I wonder what I'm going to eat today. Make sure you eat at the right places. Exactly. The amount of money that we would save on long-term health care. Like a lot, I've heard a lot of people say, well, it's way more expensive to go. You know, oh, right. No, 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 no. I've on actually, one end. of my classes that Bring, I had in my master's degree. Yeah went over the economics associated with uh, wellness programs. And I think at that point, now this is back in the late 80s. It's probably cor- gotten worse. These corporations, they had, there were 50-some research studies, like 54 research studies, and 53 of them showed a very significant positive return for major corporations that implemented wellness programs in mm. terms of reducing health care costs and absenteeism and sickness and productivity and things. So you want to pay a little bit early well, or a lot later. And we've known that for decades that it's better to be proactive than reactive with your health. So if you're a leader out there and you don't have that wellness plan, um, reach out to Tim McClellan. I'm sure he'd uh, be able to point you in the right direction. And go go to your supervisor, your leader, and just say, I care about these things and I need a little help with this because I want to be the best possible leader. Before we um, move on from you. that, yeah. uh, Jake, just if we could do one thing for our bodies, it's simple. It's eating stuff out of the ground and, like you said, that God gave, but water. I'll say water over and over again. We are underhydrated, and it's just unacceptable. Unacceptable. Carry a water bottle around. Try and get at least half of the amount of uh, your body weight in ounces of water per day. Probably more if you're kind of getting after it. If you're a Tim, he's drinking a lot, a lot of water every single day. We are drastically underhydrated. So just start with more water, especially in the morning, first thing. Tim, your water's right there. Drink up. Tim, you've trained uh, Tim McClellan, 12,000 athletes. That's incredible. Thank you for investing in those kids' lives. We talked a little bit about grit. Um, what is one of your favorite stories of an athlete um, who had that grit? You know, one of the things God's blessed me with is I get to see grit every day, hmm. and, and that really helps me. And um, you know, my purpose is to serve others. My purpose is to serve Christ's children. That's a, a heavy burden that I feel like he's placed on my shoulders and one that I don't take lightly. Um, so I get to see it all the time. But if, if I had to say one story, um, I would tell you the story about Vasily Giroff's butt. <laughs> what? <laughs> Am I allowed to say that on a Christian show? Yeah, you can. Okay, cool. all right. Um, Vasily was a boxer. He was in 1996, <laughs> not only the Olympic gold medalist in the Olympics, um, but also pound for pound the best boxer in a tournament. And he became the cruiserweight champion of the world. And I was training him for one of his title defenses, and it was seven weeks out from a fight, and he was not in great shape at the time, and it was kind of a cram for the final deal. So uh, I was putting him through these circuits that were pretty intensive, and one of the Arizona Cardinals players came up to me at the time and says, will you please stop? This is hurting me watching. He says, you're not doing this for him. You're doing this to him. And I said, what's the matter? He goes, you're killing the guy. So then I started feeling a little remorseful, and I went to Vasily, and I said, Hey, Vasily, I'm, I'm really, you know, we're, we're six weeks out now. I'm really sorry that this is so intense. And he says to me in his Russian accent, says, Team, I have had worse. I said, Did you really? He goes, Yeah, you didn't hear the stories about 
my coach back in Russia. I said, no. He goes, oh, very popular stories. He says, he locked me in hallway and say, run. And as I'm running down the hallway, he let out a, an attack dog on me. <laughs> what? A true story. So I said, is that really, is that really true, Vasily? Are you making this up? And he goes, look. And he pulls down the back of his pants, no, and there were the bite, ma- the bite marks on his <laughs> butt cheeks. Proved it. He proved it. That's yeah. awesome. He had grit, man. Any other stories of grit? Oh, lots and lots of stories. I saw Kendall Cross two weeks before the Olympic Games in 1996. Um, after two wrestling practices and a weightlifting session that day, ride a stationary bicycle for four hours. to cut. He was 27 pounds overweight, didn't have an ounce of fat on him two weeks before the Olympic Games. And uh, I asked him, I said, how long are you riding for? And he says, four. And I said, how much are you over? And he says, 27. And I th- I'm thinking he's going to ride for 27 minutes and he's four pounds over. He was 27 pounds overweight at the time and was riding for four hours. And uh, he, he made his way in, stepped off the back of the scale and collapsed. And they gave him an IV to get some fluid back wow. in him. That goes back to your Whoa. water theory there, Pastor Tim. And uh, turned around a day later and won the Olympic gold medal. Wow. wow. Google that name right now, Kendall Cross. Kendall Cross. So you are... And take this with all love, brother. Uh, we are intense individuals. Um, <laughs> like, like you don't come. We're not casual. There's, there's very little about you that is just by chance, kind of floating along in your day. You are intense. You are goal oriented. Uh, you are a leader of future leaders and current leaders in, in our world. So, with that intensity being your foundation, where do you find your joy? What's giving you real joy? What what makes your heart light in the midst of recognizing, yeah, we, we have this bent toward intensity? Helping people bring out their gifts that God's given them. It's a win-win for everybody all the way around. And your joy is expressed in different ways. A lot of people express joy, right? I mean, it's just every day, who am I making better? How am I getting better? How am I blessing other people? That's the foundation of joy, giving, giving your life away. Isn't that a beautiful thing? I, I just think I'm in tune with what God wants me to do. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping I'm not making this up in my own mind. But I, uh, I feel like I've been asked to help strengthen others in generations so that when I'm long gone, they still have a foundation to go from. And they, they share that same passion and pass it on. You are in your sweet spot using your gifts to bless others. It, it's, it's amazing. So what young leaders right now are you currently apprenticing? How is it going? What does it look like? We talk a lot about apprenticeship here. Who are you apprenticing? What does it look like? Uh, you know, I'm currently coaching about 200 youth athletes and uh, really enjoying it because you can make a difference. Sometimes, you know, I had this, this uh, seemingly illustrious career, which was a lot of fun working with very high-profile high athletes for decades. And it was real enjoyable, but you don't make as much of a change anymore because they're, they're older and they're a little more beat up. And uh, they're about where they're going to be. So um, I'm hoping we're raising up you know, the next generation of people, not only to perform well in their fields or courts or their, their, where they're going to play their sport, but off court as well. Yeah. That's Absolutely. excellent. I'm sure you read a lot. What's what are you reading these days, and what are you enjoying? You know what? I I just got done with God's Words of Life for Leaders again, which I really enjoy. But we're actually I'm spending time right now writing. Um, a friend of mine wrote a Christian book that I really enjoyed uh, called Disciple. His name's Eric Fish, and Eric and I are doing a project where I do a lot of photography on my weekend hikes, and I took 365 of my pictures, and we assembled a staff of writers, and we're going to call this Disciple 365, and what it is is every day we're going to send out 
via email uh, on MailChimp, an email that has uh, a really beautiful picture that has a scripture associated with it and a devotional writing to help people uh, you know, draw closer to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing more writing right now than I am uh, reading until this project's done. <laughs> You're a really good writer, like we said. Uh, last question. It's been a joy to have you, brother. What is your primary word? If you could give one word of advice to a young leader, what would it be? Get the job done. Um, I think you know people meet expectations, so set the expectations high. You know, lead from the front. Uh, take nothing for granted. Do it with love and compassion. Uh, you know, much as uh, we all know the book, lead lead like Jesus. Mm. You know, the closer we are to that style of leadership, I mean, not only is he the name above all names and the king of all kings, but he's the coach of all coaches. Exactly, exactly. You know, the days are short. As a Jesus follower, he is. He is quick to return. This world's trajectory, while we bring light into dark places, the dark is expanding. We know the dark doesn't win, but we know we as followers of Jesus have to bring light and love and hope and joy uh, to other people's lives. And in your world, you are raising up a a generation of high-capacity, gritty, resilient leaders. And I am better because I've known you and will continue to know you and, and be loved by you and challenged by you, and thank you for passing that on to so many other young men and, and older men and women uh, to raise up one another to offer our best day by day to the King of Kings, Jesus the Christ. Thank you so much, Tim, for joining us on Lead Time. Friends, can't wait to see you and experience and continue to grow with you. Next time as Lead Time continues, tell your friends about it, move it out into your social media networks, and can't wait to continue to learn with you. This is Lead Time. Peace. You have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. Please subscribe at cglchurch.org backslash lead time. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Monday for another episode.